Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. And, uh, wow. Uh, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. You know, I've been out of town for the evening, and I really missed you. I missed you, too. Yeah, I, I uh, spent the night in Austin, Texas last night, and had a really amazing experience. Yeah. I basically saw the birds. Yeah. You know, ex- know, except for David Crosby, and I don't even like it. That's like the one bird I wish had never been in the band. <laughs> so, like the two really nice birds, Roger McGuinn and Chris Hillman were there. They Marty Stewart's band backed them up and played with them and um, at the Austin, Austin City Limits Theater. And but you know, I was wishing you could be there. Thanks. You would have really loved it. It was really, it was awesome. If you're a Birds fan, it was really awesome. Yeah. Especially if you like their later stuff. So, anyway, that was exciting and got to spend time with a college, uh, my college roommate and Scott Jeffries. And, you know, we were talking about the podcast and we were, ta- we were talking about how we'd done a parenting podcast and done a, doing a marriage con. He's like, you know, it must be really hard to sit there and talk about parenting or marriage, you know, because you just would tend to think, I'm not really good at this. How can I be telling people how to do this? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah. So, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's it. So, you know, it's one of those things where the authority that we're speaking with is not our own authority. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope, you know, that that's the neat thing about truth is that truth is still true, even if the messengers aren't true. Right. You know, so if, if someone is saying true things, um, they're always going to be true no matter who says them. And people are fallible, and you shouldn't put your hope in people. You know, it's always great to get to, to get to know people in their their online presence because everybody always puts their best foot forward online. If we say something that we don't, that we wish we hadn't said, we just d- erase it and don't let you hear it. Right. But we're uh, flawed and imperfect people, um, you know, that are trying to, have a good marriage, and our marriage certainly isn't the best marriage out there, I'm sure, um, and it's not the worst, but we've learned things, and we're trying, our authority comes from Scripture, and so I think the things we're saying are are either dry, directly from Scripture or um, rooted in Scriptural principles, and so I hope that that is a blessing to you as we um, discuss these things. So kind of let them know where we are in the series here nutty november okay well this wait is... wait first first hold on <clears throat> since you normally talk about the the giveaway at the end of the podcast talk about it now because <laughs> okay. people might not make it to the end of these <laughs> they they're like not. what are they talking about <clears throat> so our big gigantic 100th podcast episode giveaway is coming up here in is it just five days I guess so. What is this episode? Ninety three or four, five, ninety five? Yeah. This is ninety five. Yeah. So we, I mean, this is a huge giveaway, and it has grown and grown and grown, and it's just one winner is going to take it all. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about the greatest Christmas that you've had, maybe since you were like six years old. Wow, that would be fun. Yeah, of just fantastic prizes, not only things that are just fun and and could really spoil you as the winner, but things that will help your family grow in the Lord and things that you can gift to friends. 
So it's going to be really great. Like someone, Melissa could really be helping you out this Christmas. Definitely. I mean, you could re-gift these things because chances are whoever's going to get gifts from you, they don't know about the podcast (laughs) and you don't have to tell them about it. Just take the gifts, give them away, pretend that you were being thoughtful. <laughs> so we the, the giveaway will go live in five days on the day of our 100th podcast, so we'll have all the information out there. In the meantime, I hope you're following the Facebook page because we're revealing every day what some of the prizes are going to be. And I'm telling you, I'm going to have to sit down and figure out how many dollars worth of prizes that this mm-hmm. is, but it is really huge. So much that you might have to claim it on your taxes. Well, maybe not that much, but something, you know, probably still be considered de minimis as far as the IRS is concerned, but, you know, something special for you. Yeah. You're going to feel like you hit the jackpot. It's going to be really, really yeah. fun. It's like playing the lottery while you're a Christian. And I can't wait to see which one of you wins it. I'm just really excited. How do you join? How do you How do you sign up for it? It's all going to be... Would you quit? That's revealed later. Because <laughs> I'm going to try to win it. <laughs> I will. Um, I'll. <coughs> I'll have all the details for how to enter mm-hmm. in five days. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So if you get a funny name, you know, in there, you're wondering, who is this funny named guy? You know, like uh, Jekyll Johansson or something. <laughs> and you'll be like, Chad, is this you? And I was like, Yeah, it's me. I'm Jekyll Johansson. <laughs> I'm just trying to get Christmas situated (laughs) yeah so I hope I mean what if we did make up a fake winner and then we just kept all the prizes and saved a lot of money at Christmas you can't do that that's like bad blogging that's bad blog etiquette because um Jesus sees everything you do yeah that's true (laughs) because it's really dishonest and does not comport with uh, and standard notions. And then breaks motions. the Ten Commandments. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We won't yeah. be doing that. We need, we need to always make sure we comport with fair play and substantial justice on the blog and the podcast. So, well, anyway, let's uh, let's um, refocus here. The drawing is going to be amazing. I don't know how you're going to draw and be a part of it. For some reason, I'm not privileged to that information, even though I am one half of this marriage. Um but let's get back to our marriage focus. So I've got it all under control. You just some, don't worry some, about it. Some of y'all, some of y'all are fighting all the time. And so during this portion of Nutty November Closer Marriage Connection, we're kind of focusing on those of you that are contentious with one another. And so we came up with some things that are, are really, really drawing on Richard Baxter's wisdom going through and coming up with some things that will help you. And we've talked about watching what you say, loving when you don't feel like it, um, dropping your pride. Did we get to that one? Mm -hmm. Cure yourself before you try to cure your spouse. Uh, You can't remember that you're both sinners, so you can't be upset when a sinner is sinning. And then we come to number five, and you've been like, what in the world is this, right? Yeah, it's a complicated concept in my mind. You say it's not. Yeah, okay. So, here... (laughs) It's probably complicated, but my mind is so tired right now that this makes perfect sense. <laughs> do you ever do you ever feel like you're about to fall asleep and you have the greatest idea of all time? And then you can't, you know, it's like then you snap back into alertness and the idea is gone. Even though I just 
had an amazing thought. Have you ever, do you ever have that? Can't say that I've ever done that. Yeah, I do that all the time. Like weird things start connecting in my brain and then I wake up and I think, I need to get back there to that place <laughs> where everything was falling into place. You're a weird sleeper anyway. Yeah, probably you, you so. You have a lot of sleeping issues. Yeah, I do. I do. I don't yeah. I have a lot of issues, period. <laughs> but here's the idea. So when you're married to someone, you're one flesh. Right. You're one flesh. Okay. So, so you are myself. You are my face. I'm your face. You are myself. I'm yourself. Right? I mean, it's true, right? Um, you would agree with that. I am yourself. You are myself. Yeah, I agree that we're one flesh. We are, I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say it in a way that capitalizes on my wordsmithiness. That we are each other. We are. We're one. We are a singularity. We are one. Yeah. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. And we are one. That's like a terrible song for marriage, isn't it? (laughs) But when you're one and you're married, then you're not lonely because you have another person that's part of you. So um, that's something that the people who wrote that song did not understand. And that's why they were so miserable. So we are one. So if you are one flesh, we're one, right? Yes. So we've established our unity, yes. our singularity. Right. So, so when I'm, so if I'm myself and you're and you're myself too, when I'm when I'm mad at myself, when I'm mad at myself, and I think you idiot, you idiot, why did you do that? I'm being really hard on myself, and you're like this. Don't be so hard on yourself. No, no, no. I should be hard on myself. I'm better than this. I I should not. Why am I doing this? Well, I'm not hurting my own feelings when I'm that way. Right. When I'm when I'm upset with myself, it's a righteous indignation, and I don't have then I don't turn around then and sulk because I was so mad at me. Therefore, what Baxter was trying to get across in this point of his wisdom from so many years ago is is that since my own words about my own harsh words towards myself. When I rebuke myself, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. So since you're me, also, your harsh words to me, even if they come across as as being difficult and they're punchy and they're going right to the heart of exposing my idolatrous, sinful, wicked behavior, which is selfish and rooted in all the ugliness of of humanity, whenever, whenever you have to say, you are acting like a baby, and I go, oh. Who are you calling a baby? Who do you think you are? I'd have to stop and say, wait a minute. I'm telling myself I'm acting like a baby. I'm not going to get upset when I'm telling myself I'm acting like a baby. (laughs) Your words to me are myself's words because we're one. I have to realize. So really where this comes down is if both couples are having each other's best interest at heart, then because we have that trust... I can trust that when you even wound me with your words, they're coming from a place of love and trust. And even if they're not, even if they're not, if they're true, I shouldn't let it upset me because myself is telling it to me. Myself being you. Because we're one. Now, if that doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't, I'm I'm sitting here trying to explain it to Melissa and it doesn't look like it's making sense to her. So if that doesn't make any sense, just disregard the whole thing and just 
say, well, I, I'm just going to not, I'm not going to worry about number five. Let's move on to number six. I think it makes sense in the context, you know, if, if both people in the marriage are spiritually minded. Okay. But even if they're not. So, so let me let me. But there are, there are some criticisms that you don't need to do are illegitimate, like they're not legitimate criticisms. Yeah, and and so if it's not true, you know, I think you would say I, I don't, I I feel like what you're saying is unfair, and you can have the conversation about it. Let me give you another example. Uh, when when you are in a leadership position, such as a pastor, a teacher, whatever it is, people are going to come to you from time to time. They're going to be upset with you. Because of something you said or something you did that was wrong. And maybe in, in that you can work it out. But maybe it's someone that's totally unreasonable. And they say what many people have said to me. So many people have said this to me that I probably should be more worried. They say things like this. You're a terrible pastor. Oh, and you're, a, you're supposed to be a pastor? They say things like that. Uh, you know, and that, oh, that seems really like what a pastor should say. That's what people say to me all the time. It's like no one... No one is afraid to straight up rebuke me. I mean, you've seen it, right? Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Like it, the pastor's fair game just to say whatever you want to say to him. I don't. It's, it's not people who know you that say that. Yeah. Not, yeah. Right. Usually, it's not people who know me. And so, you know what? I, I I think. All right. I could really be offended right now. I could really just be all mad at this person because, for one thing, they don't even know me, and they're being critical of me and telling me I'm a bad pastor. But then I stop and think about the truth. You are a bad pastor. You're a, you're a, they don't even know the, the depths of wickedness and rebellion in your heart. They don't know. They're, they're probably assuming that you're actually better than you really are. And you're worthy of their criticism. Their criticism is right on. It's probably spot on. And even if, that, if, even if what they're saying is wrong... If they knew the truth, they would have they would have a real criticism of you, and so then I just don't get upset. So sometimes in a fight, we tend to be prideful, but don't be. Just realize, hey, you know, um, these words should not hurt me because other words could really hurt a lot worse. Well, that makes sense to me. Is if yeah. if you're saying, if you're if you're thinking to yourself, hey, even if this criticism, even if I don't feel like I've done this particular thing, I've done plenty of other things. Yeah. And so I should just take the rebuke and and move on and not be too sensitive. Which I think, about yeah, it. which I think that kind of plays into some of the other points we'll make. But yeah, uh, it's also good not to be angry at the same time. You know, usually when one person is upset, it's good for the other person not to escalate and get upset themselves. Right. You know. And, you know, there are ways to, to not upset people when, you know, it's, it's good for you to not try to make your spouse upset if you're upset. It's good to try to approach it like, you know, I, uh, well, as I counsel people to fight, I say, um, which is things we've learned a long time ago. I, the, way I, the way I think you should approach someone when you're looking for an apology. And sometimes we go fishing for apologies. It's okay to do that, I guess. It's to say... I know you I know your intentions were not to upset me. I know your intentions were not to cause this problem. Um, but I can't help how I feel about this and I'm upset about it and I feel like I really want to talk to you about it, but I don't want to do it in such a way where you feel like I'm coming after you. That kind of talk mm-hmm. keeps keeps it from escalating. Yeah. Don't be mad at the same time. Um, 
if your spouse is really upset, you're not going to make it better by, by acting irrational. Even if they're acting irrational, don't respond irrationally. Right. You got any ideas on that? No, I think what she said was really good. I mean, um, we've said it before, and I think that it's probably the key to not fighting if you don't like fighting, which is don't fight. Don't fight, yeah. I mean, just um, let them say what they're going to say and and just move on with life. Which, which leads us to point number seven. Don't provoke each other with words. Hold your tongue. Yeah. So I have a... a policy that I enacted many years ago that has really, I think, saved a lot of conflict in our marriage. And the reason that I did this was because I tend to be, I do tend to be overly sensitive. Mm-hmm. And Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, I, it's good to hear you say that out loud. <laughs> um, and so what was happening was... You're moving towards self-actualization right here in front of my eyes. <laughs> I was getting upset all the time. I was very sensitive about everything that Chad said to me. And I finally decided one day that I was going to wait three days before I said anything about something that had hurt my feelings or upset me. Mm. And when I started doing that, then I realized in five hours, I'm not going to be upset about that anymore. Mm. Mm. You know, and I mean, much less three days. And so after I started that little exercise and I realized, you know what, there are a lot of things that maybe hit my ear the wrong way or that I, you know, get my feelings hurt about that I probably just shouldn't say anything about it because it's not that big of a deal. Move on with life and Mm -hmm. in no time at all, you will have forgotten about that and it won't even be bothering you anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. Just sometimes just hold your, hold your tongue. Especially if you know, if you say something, it is going to be provocative. Yeah, and most of the time, the things that we get upset about are the same things that we get upset about over Every and time. over and over. Yeah. And, um, you know, having the same fight once a week for 20 years is a really dumb idea. Yeah. I, I, give, you, I can give you a good example where I did this the other day. I came home and I really, I had bought a can of soup, Santa Fe chicken soup. <laughs> And this is one I particularly enjoy. It's a Progresso <laughs> brand soup, and uh, I was so it was it was like one of the first days where it was chilly outside, and I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna really enjoy that bowl of soup. <laughs> and I came home, and guess what was gone? I needed something for lunch. <laughs> And then you were like, are you upset? Are you upset? Well, I was furious. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no I'm cool. I'm going to eat some chicken and eat some green beans. Or, hey, you know, I'm feeling good. <laughs> My dreams were just dashed and no one seemed to care. One thing about you is you're horrible at sharing food. You're... And in that moment, I thought, you know, I don't ever wonder whenever I go. Look in the refrigerator, or I, I don't ever say. I wonder if that's you know. I wonder if that's Melissa's tomato. I don't think that way. But but if I but if for some reason like if I bought the tomato at the store, I'm like, who's eating my tomato? Of course, I would be nobody here because y'all don't eat fruit. But um, you know the the or, or a vegetable. I mean, but I guess tomatoes are fruit, right? I yeah, was I was fruit. actually right. Yeah. See. 
I'm just unconsciously brilliant. So the. <laughs> so anyway, I don't. I, subconscious. No, I'm uh, I'm unconsciously. Uh, I'm unconscious of my brilliance. Unconscious means you're not awake. <laughs> subconscious. No, I was of, unconscious of my no, being right there. Subconscious. I no, I wasn't in my subconscious. It was in my conscious. I was thinking. <laughs> Either way, hey, you're not gonna fool me. Y'all gonna fool me again. <laughs> <laughs> Won't you be my boss? <laughs> anyway, so uh, don't provoke each other. Hold your tongue. When when your soup is gone, um, just deal with it. And then we got two more here, and this this is one that's really made an impact on our marriage in, in my heart. I, I read this in Baxter's Christian Directory years ago, which is funny because. Um, there was one year where uh, that's what I wanted for Christmas. I wanted Richard Baxter's Puritan uh, Christian Directory. Christian Directory. And uh, Cindy, my sister, gave it to me for Christmas. Do you remember that? No. And it's this humongous book. You know, it's probably a $30, $30 book. Anyway, uh, this to me is one of his best pieces of advice on marriage. Is to be reasonable when you're upset with each other. Okay, so he says, think of the reasons right now that you're going to be upset about your behavior when you're offended or being contentious with your wife. Okay, think of the reasons that are going to cause you to look back on this fight later with regret. Mm. So he says, these are questions that you should, you should, these are things you should say or ways you should feel anyway. Whenever you're fighting, which we don't really fight that much. I mean, no, we don't. We're not really contentious. Well, we yeah. not, being married to me is so easy. You don't, right? It I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. There's a lot of things people could fight about, but I think you realize in the scheme of things, you've been given such a champion racehorse as a husband <laughs> that you know. What little there is to complain about is just not worth it, right? Absolutely, okay. you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, whatever. So um, we really, but we really don't fight. I think we just we like each other, and we, you know, I've, I've basically taught you to think the way I do, and so we. Um, I, I wouldn't say that we never. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say we never get upset with each other. We just hate fighting so much that we typically don't yeah. do it. And that's a good piece of advice too. Like, come to hate the, and this is why. What Baxter's points are is why you should hate fighting. Okay, he says, say he said he he advises to say this to your wife during a fight or maybe to your husband, wife, and he probably says it that way in the book. Wife, it is not good for us to be upset this way. He's just like straight up during the fight, be like, this is wrong. <laughs> this is not good. This is yeah. bad. Yeah, we we could be doing something good right now. Instead, we're spending the time doing something bad. It is not good for us to be upset this way. And then he drops the hammer, like, here's the conviction bomb. The Lord does not approve of this. And we will not approve of this when the heat is over. But, mm-hmm. you know, when, it, when it's, well, right now, God is not happy with the way we're talking to one another. And later, we're not going to be happy with the way we talked about each other. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is, wife, our mindset is not prayerful. And we should always be prayerful. 
That's in the Bible. Yeah. Pray without ceasing. Yeah. So you are being disobedient to a direct command of Scripture because, you know, think about that wherever you are. Like when you're, when you're out someplace, and this is how you determine whether you should go somewhere, is like right now in this place or doing what I'm doing right now, can I stop and pray? If someone asks me for um, a reason for the hope that I have within me, could I give an answer right now? Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm somewhere and someone walked up to me and said, "Hey, aren't you a Christian? Why are you a Christian?" And I'm sitting in a, a casino or a strip club, or there might be places where you would say, "I I just I'm in the wrong place to be able to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. I'm in the wrong place to be able to pray. I'm doing something or watching something or partaking in something that." Um, which prevents me from being prayerful. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wrong. Yeah, I'd say a good uh, a fight with your wife is a is a non prayerful place to be. Yeah, and you're going to regret that. And then that leads to the last when you do make mistakes, when you do offend each other, when you do hurt each other. Confess your sin, apologize to one another. Yeah, apologies go a long way, right? Right, absolutely. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done wrong. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done wrong. That's all you got to do, folks. <laughs> Fixes everything. And I just want to make a confession that that I was really, I don't know how many podcasts ago it was, but I was really done with the Cowboys. And I came right in here and turned it on. Yeah. I can't escape it. It sucked me back in to that hope that I might get to see a touchdown by a Dallas Cowboy. And I'm like, I'm, I guess I'll watch the game. Yeah. I have no intestinal fortitude when it comes to the Cowboys. No, you can't they've had, stay away. They've had a control over my life for way too long, and apparently there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So we'll just suffer like we did for all those years before they won the Super Bowl and like we've done for the last 25 years. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. It's hard to be a Cowboys fan. It's hard to be married to you. I mean, to me. Uh <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not hard to be married to Melissa. It's just hard to be married to anybody, probably. <laughs> I'm just saying the difficulties that you bring to this relationship are not your fault. It's just the way humanity is. You know I'm kidding about that, right? Of course. Everybody should assume that they are the biggest problem in their marriage, right? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think if people did assume they were the problem, then we would... Um, we would have better marriages. Yeah. So that, you know, that's the famous, um, uh, I don't know if the story is true or anecdotal, subconscious, unconscious, anecdotal, <laughs> appreciate, appreciate cuisine, cuisine. Uh, I don't know if that's how that story works, but they, they, they were calling for essays or there was some, some kind of, you know, this is in, in England, London, actually years ago. And the newspaper writer of the London times or something like that said, you know, what is the problem with the world? And he was trying to make a, an editorial about what the problem with the world is. What is the problem with the world? And Chesterton writes a, a, a two-word editorial or answer back to him. And he says, I am. It's me. I'm what's wrong with the world. I'm a sinner and I'm what's wrong with the world. I'm lazy. I'm sinful. I'm wicked. I'm rebellious. And if we thought about that ourselves, that what makes my marriage sad is, or, and, and bad is me, then we'll we'll be working on the right person, the one that we can work on to make the relationship better. Right. So it's been good. Um, anything eventful happened the last couple of days? No. No. Your mom came up. Yeah. You got to hang out with mom. Yeah. It was good. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
You don't have anything else you want to add? No. You just, you're just done with this podcast, well, aren't we've, you? Well, we've gone long. We've gone longer than we're supposed to. They can handle it. They love a little Melissa time. <laughs> What's Melissa doing? <laughs> I've been writing Sunday school material. That's all I've been doing for the last several weeks. And I, that's all you'll be doing for the next couple of weeks, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you need to get in talk, contact with Melissa, wait till after Thanksgiving. <laughs> all right. So we'll talk to you guys later. See you tomorrow night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.